0: I did not want him out of my sight.
1: You are listening to Relationship Renegade, the show that brings hard truths and realities about relationships. What up Pod Squad? I am your host, Jameson Mercier, licensed clinical social worker and doctor of marriage and family therapy. On today's episode. Now, I often say that certain episodes are like treats for me. Um, this one is no different. And usually it, it, it centers around being able to sit and have a conversation either with a friend or a colleague. In this case, I'm talking with a dear colleague of mine, Um, Her name, I just call her Aileen because I keep telling her her name too long. But um, she, uh, Aileen Guillaume is a licensed clinical social worker. We're colleagues, we're friends. And we're going to have a relationship um, about relationships, the kinds of relationships that we all have, but how they can change sometimes. So Aileen, how are you?
0: Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for agreeing to be here.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm looking forward to this.
1: Now, you and I have spoken um, a little bit um, about relationships. Okay, You're, you're married. Uh, how long have you been married?
0: Six and a half years.
1: Six and a half years, so still mm-hmm. a bit of a newlywed. You think so? No, just kidding. Definitely <laughs> definitely not a newlywed. Some would say that yeah. You're, yeah, you're nearing that itch is what some would say.
0: Oh wow, really?
1: That, uh-huh. I, that seven year itch.
0: What and what's that seven year itch? Please uh, enlighten well, me.
1: That that seven year itch is is when a lot of good can happen or a lot of rough stuff can happen.
0: That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I it's never actually, heard that before.
1: Oh, no, it's a real thing. It's actually five to seven years, to be honest with you.
0: That's so interesting. We actually talked about that. Um, we talked about from the fifth year of our relationship how things have changed so much. Ah. But for the good, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. And it's only because so I was listening t- to. It was, um, someone was having a YouTube conversation and there were four different couples and Mm -hmm. they had, um, they, the time married range from like married one month to like married about 25 years. Mm -hmm. And the person, the couple that was married one month, the guy asked, the husband asked, how long did it take until you guys stopped fighting about like petty things or just stop having like huge fights? And I kid you not, everyone said between five and like eight years some people said six some people Mm -hmm. said seven and when i thought about my own marriage that was that was the case as well
1: yeah yeah it's hard to escape it
0: i didn't know that was a thing nice it's
1: it's a thing
0: oh wow okay
1: yeah yeah that's good yeah you can tell your husband y'all doing all right
0: Uh, thank god
1: (laughs) so the so the reason i asked about that is um when we spoke and we were uh prepping for the conversation, um the, the context of the conversation centered around your relationship with um your husband as a result of having lost your mother. Okay. okay. Um and so what I would like to do as much or as little as you're willing to share is just talk about um just talk about that a little bit. Um because what we aim to do on the podcast is educate people how there are many dynamics to relationships. And we sometimes don't see how they're connected.
2: Right.
1: You know, I remember the conversation that we, and you can start wherever you're comfortable, but where we, what, what, what we were saying is how you were um, feeling at least about your husband as a result of your mom.
0: Mhm.
1: Remember that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do. I remember um explaining to you how um after she passed, I went through a period for a couple of months um until I went and saw a therapist. Mm. Right? Never trusted a therapist who never been a therapist. <laughs> and so I went I saw a therapist to help me to get over this feeling of loneliness that I just could not wrap my mind around. I did not understand why I felt so alone after she passed. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I was physically alone because I wasn't, you know, like you said, I've been married for six years. I have a good support system um, and family and friends, so a solid support system.
2: Mm-hmm. I have
0: people I can call on, but yet I just could not shake this feeling of, of loneliness. And, you know, Dr. Mercier, it was, it was it felt like a void like an empty void i I really don't know how to explain it if you if any of your listeners ever felt this way after losing a loved one they will they will empathize with what i'm saying
2: it's Mm.
0: literally if someone told me that there was a hole in my chest i would have believed you a physical hole that's the Uh best way i could explain it so let's say you were to you were to drop like a coin down there like you wouldn't hear it land. That's how empty I felt. And like I said, I have a solid support system. Um, I'm a woman of faith, like everything, all the check boxes were checked, Mm. but yet I felt alone. And so what happened was because of that intense feeling of loneliness, and I became, I guess you would say, hyper aware of how alone I was, even though I wasn't, but sub, my conscious felt alone. Mm-hmm. I treated my husband who lives with me as if he was scarce, <laughs> you know, as if, as if he just could disappear at, at the drop of a dime. Uh-huh. And I was, and of course, that led to anxiety. And so, like, I, I did not want him out of my sight.
2: Okay, because OK, I was afraid
0: of losing him, not losing him as in him leaving me like, you know, like he right, divorces right. me. Not like that. No. Losing him as if he vanishes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so
1: we got to that piece because I was getting ready for a camping trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're laughing. Really?
0: You, are you going there?
1: Well, it's context is important. Right. So, so Aileen and I, we were having a conversation, oh and I mentioned, gosh. right? Uh huh. Tell the
0: story. Fine.
1: I, I mentioned to her that I was headed for out for a solo, a <laughs> uh, camping trip over the weekend, and as you guys know, I talk about this a lot. Camping is where I get my sanity back, and you know, if I can be out there, if I can work from the woods, I would. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's that's a dream of mine. Just so you know. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's a real thing. But I told her I was going camping and I told you it was a solo trip, but it didn't really mm-hmm. click. It didn't click. And then you were like, wait, solo like alone. <laughs> and I said, Well, yes, you know, solo trip just by myself. Like nobody. Alone, nobody. And I said, Yeah. I'm like and so she says, Well, Crazy. what does your how does your wife feel about that? Craziness. And I just say, well, what do you mean? What does she feel about that? And, and so I'm like, I do this all the time. And so, so I noticed in this conversation that you began to um, be like concerned about me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And prior to that, we didn't talk like that. And I'm just wondering. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't. I'm not sure what's going on here, but it sounds like every other conversation I've had with women, right? So, and I think I said this to you, my mm-hmm. sister. My mother,
2: mm-hmm.
1: my 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 like friends, and now you—they just all seem to worry when I go into the woods. But then I think I said to you, "Well, do you do this to your husband?" Mm-hmm. And I think that's because I automatically assume if women are doing it to strange men, they're doing it <laughs> to their husband. <laughs> to,
0: We're doing it to
1: everybody. Because it's
0: called craziness. <sighs> So nope. you said context is important. You missed out a very important piece. What's that? you were you would have no connection. that was the that was the part that I came in and began to police this adventure
2: right <laughs> that right. was
0: that was the key for me. It uh-huh. wasn't the woods. It was that if something were to happen to you, no one would know because you would not be connected in any way or have or be able to check in
1: right they wouldn't know immediately which is what i said and and i was like if i didn't call sunday morning or show up sunday afternoon then they'd know sorry but i get what you're saying and so that led me to wonder huh Mm -hmm. and that's when i asked you know about your husband you're like yeah you do it to him too
0: i sure do I sure do, and it's it's um it's gotten better. It's gotten way better, like way way better. Um, and I'm so grateful that he understands. Mm. You know, like well, I'm great. Go ahead.
1: Well, well, here's the thing, right? So I I don't I don't judge it,
0: mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So
1: even better or worse, to me, okay, that's that's extra information, right? Mm-hmm. But. I sit in the whole dynamic of it happening, right? How we get mm-hmm. to a point where we are yeah. just very, um, 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 we'll call it anxious. I think you use the word the anxiety about mm-hmm. him disappearing, or to the point mm-hmm. where we're concerned about other people.
0: Right, right. Yeah, because I think, I think you see something similar, you know, like you being a black man, or just you being a human. you know, Mm -hmm. like the thought that someone would be out there alone, just boggled my mind. Like, I I mean, for me, I'm thinking, what if something happened to you, who would be there for you? And then that's going back to just that alone feeling. And to help you just understand a little bit deeper where I was where I was coming from, or where I'm coming from, like I said, I've gotten much better. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, people leave you, it happens, you know, Mm -hmm. and I have you know, I, I I have coping mechanisms for my anxiety and for when I get like that now. But coming from a single parent home where my mom worked often to provide for me, and I was her only concern. My mom was overly concerned about everything that I did. Mm. So the apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree in learning how to be concerned about people. I learned that from my mom. Okay. Like she was just overly concerned about everything I did, but it was also because she had so much invested in me. And so as I got older, I began to understand. I began to put her 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 concerns for me into, into proper context. You know, no, it's not that she's trying to rule your life. It's not that you know she doesn't want you to be free or independent. She has a lot invested in you. You're her only child. So that made sense to me. And oh, okay. so I think the same thing happened with my husband. Like he put it in context. No, it's not that she want to know everywhere you're at. No, it's not that she's concerned. No, mm-hmm. she just lost, if not the only person she she held on to, you know, the only person she knew for all her life as her provider. Mm-hmm. And she's a, she's a little anxious right now. She just had a huge loss in her life. So he put that into context and even watching her while she was sick one of the things that i'm still grateful for is that she she and this is where your wilderness adventure comes in she was never alone okay. and that's something that was very important for for me for us at she spent she had stints of like about 2 3 months straight in the hospital would come out and go back in for another month or so and Every single day, Doctor Mercier, somebody was at bedside. Oh. I was at bedside for hours. When I needed a break, my aunt was there. My husband was there. Cousins, friends, family—she always had, always had somebody with her. And so, where I come from, community and and being connected means something, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so, the the idea of someone just kind of being out there on their own—that that worries me.
1: So, <laughs> you know? So, so, let me ask you this then and and thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, is it safe to say that your mom so she invested a lot in you. Would mm-hmm. you say that she saw her own survival in you? like
0: yeah, that's a good question so i never I never really thought about it that way. To be honest, I always thought about it as more of a, as more of a codependent relationship because culturally okay. speaking. You can probably attest to this, like we're both Haitian, but I'm sure it crosses cultures where um, especially immig- immigrant parents, they come into a strange foreign land. They're mm. making it by piecing pieces of the language together yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Try to, to try to survive. And you become acclimated with the culture so much quicker than they are because you're either born here or you come at a young age. So they rely on you for everything. You're it. You're it. You are it. You you are the retirement plan.
1: Wow.
2: You know wow.
0: because in a, in the in the western world in the first world society we understand retirement plan etc but in the country where we come from retirement plan is what build up build the house In a country somewhere, if anything, Mm -hmm. and
1: live your life, right? Live your life, the rest of it, yeah.
0: The rest of it, and it's a beautiful life. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's some of our retirement plan right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, coming here, life is fast-paced. Every everything is on a clock. Everything has a bill. Hmm. We was just talking
1: about figures like slowing down as much as possible. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: So you're it, and so I think she invested a lot in me because. Um, again, this was strange to her, but she saw that, that I, you know, I, like she believed in me. She Mm -hmm. validation was something I did not lack from my mom. She constantly told me who I was, who I could be. Um, and I was her retirement plan, even though she was pretty independent, yeah, but I still had enough sense to understand that. No, she's counting on you to make it like, She's doing all of these things for you. She's sacrificing. She's providing for you. Yes, she loves you, but her, her satisfaction will be to see you make it. Like, everything she did was not in vain. Hi, we are the Messiah Kids.
2: Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking subscribe now. This podcast is made possible by
0: listeners like you thank you for your support now back to
1: the show so i asked you that question because somebody pointed that out to me before and in the same way that your parents invest a lot in you um Mm -hmm. listeners know my dad died when i was nine Mm -hmm. and i had only met him when i was seven
0: okay so I,
1: i had my dad for two years and then that was it then it's my mom and three kids right okay but when I talked to a colleague of mine just about the dynamics between my mother and I, mm-hmm. it was pointed out that, you know, your mom may very well see you as um, make or break for her survival, which is why she may be so vested in you emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually, physically, whatever Yeah. The is. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so did that transfer to the relationship with you and your husband, do you think? Yeah. yeah, you began to see it similarly.
0: I think. I think after she passed, I think for the first about six months, even to a little under a year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, now that you put it that way, using the language that you used, I would, I would definitely say yes, um, and not survival, literally or physical survival, because I, I was raised very independent to have my own. Mm-hmm. My mom, my mom taught me, which is could be a good or bad thing the way you it depends <laughs> how you look at it. She taught me that never take anything from somebody that you can't give back. Okay. You, so like and my my husband, I, I think I told him that probably on like our second date or something. So he knew, listen, mm. I I can handle my own. Gotcha. But, the survival part that you speak of may have been emotional survival. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. And you want to know why? Because her, man, her her passing, uh, worst thing I've ever experienced in life. Worst thing ever. She passed right in my house.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: And just the way everything happened, granted, she was at peace. Everything was fine. Um she she was surrounded in this case, she was surrounded by me, her best friend, and her sister, like her three her three pillars,
2: right? And
0: so um my dad died when I was two and she never remarried, she never dated, she just raised me. Mm. And so she was surrounded by her three pillars and that 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 death just just man, it killed something in me. Mm. (laughs) It was It was so difficult. And I think one day I'll find the words. One day I'll explain what I went through with that. But one of the things I do remember was being angry a little bit because we did so much. You name it, we did it to to help keep her
2: here Mm, mm.
0: from natural medicine, chemo, I had an aunt who would feed my mom these strange leaves because she uh, heard, you yeah. know what I'm saying? No, like, no, Man, I know. you name it, we did it. You name it, we did it. And I quit my job. That's how the practice was born. I quit my uh, job to be her caretaker. We turned our home around to almost a, a sniff of, well, I'm sorry, I'm speaking <laughs> social right <laughs> now. Um, a well, tell,
1: nursing okay. Yeah, I was gonna say you put it out there. You might as well tell us what it is.
0: <laughs> I I changed my house into like a nursing home. We had AIDS. We had everything you could possibly think of, and she did not survive for eight months. Mm. And so, it destroyed me so much emotionally. Um, the tears I cried within that year. And so, when you look at when you when you bring my marriage into it. The next person that was really close to me, if I'm honest, I mm. looked at him like, "Don't you dare do this to me!" Oh, you see what I'm trying to say?
1: Ooh. You get me?
0: Yeah, that's that's how I treated him. You know? Oh, no, like, you talking to a lot of
1: you talking to a lot of people right now?
0: Don't you dare do this to me because he held my hand while I cried, blood like just mm. just welled. He held me while yeah. I welled. So I treated him for about six months to a year like listen, you yeah. better stay here. Yeah, don't leave
1: me. Don't leave me. Because I'm too. not
0: crying like this twice.
1: Wow. <laughs> you
0: know, and of course, now I'm all right. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm all right. yeah,
1: yeah, no, clearly I see it. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting. Um, because all I all I eat live and breathe relationships, right? And again, thank mm-hmm. you for just being so candid. Um mm-hmm. I can only imagine because um, and, you know, you know, this and listeners, mm-hmm. you know, Herdine and I, we have like our own stuff and
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um,
1: the stuff that goes on just everyday stuff in the marriage. But then to mm-hmm. have that um, intensive mm-hmm.
2: experience, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know,
1: it was hard. It's it was like, hard. I, I, listen, I, I, I'm just imagining
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because all of that stuff plays out in relationships. In
0: It does. It does. And if I can add this, I don't I don't think I knew nor did he know that's what I was doing. Mm. We just know that there was a shift. Yeah. We went along with the shift. And the shift was, where are you going? Let me go put gas with you. Let me <laughs> oh gosh my goodness he's a good man
1: (laughs) he's a keeper he's
2: a keeper just just
0: thinking about it right like even even and um you met my husband once but you don't know him like he is a true true introvert true Mm. like you you, we we know that we have a spectrum you know between the introverts and the extroverts
1: extreme
0: he's on that side he's definitely Uh, on the other side where Um, a hole in a wall, a book, he's good. He don't have to talk to you for two days if he he doesn't need to to come out, interact, eat if he needs to. But he's so good on his own. So imagine someone being like that, someone, and we know about introverts, how they get their energy is through solo time, Mm -hmm. right? And you got this lady trying to go with you to do gas
1: interrupting you so interrupting
0: time. your your personality and how you get energy mm-hmm. you know so god help him because yeah even even the day after her passing you know that week culturally that week is a long week people
1: mm-hmm. are at your oh, house man. every day
0: and your, your house, your house turned into
1: a kai that's what it turned and, into. Yes.
0: yes. People are um you, you have funeral planning, you're and my mom had her own place, so I had to handle that stuff. Wow. And he never left my side. Ooh. Never, never okay. left my side. Every single from the time we woke up to the time we went to bed, he did every single thing with me until this lady went in the ground. And even after her burial, mm. we we took some time, um, about a week we went away just to kind of get away oh, from decompress. the noise. Oh, yeah. yeah, to decompress. And so, um, there, and so that's when it started happening. I noticed this change because I wasn't like that before she passed. Mm. I know literally, Dr. Mercy, I noticed the change the day, the morning. of. Um, so she passed around like four. Mm-hmm. The next morning, I noticed the change in, in my attitude and in, in just how I was very, very hypervigilant about not being alone. Wow. That morning. And I had people sleeping in my house. My aunt stayed with us. And that morning, anytime I didn't see Carl, I was like, where's Carl? Where's
1: wow. Carl? He'll
0: be a, he'll be in the kitchen. He's,
1: Carl. In the, he's in the bathroom. He's in the bathroom. Where's <laughs>
0: Carl? I didn't know. Wow. I didn't know. I didn't know I was that way. I didn't know. I didn't know that's what that's what was happening.
1: Yeah well see you were you were grieving and we talked about that.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I that's, was grieving. That's the,
1: yeah that's the word I'm and grieving. we all grieve differently. Yeah. You yeah. know I'm thinking yes. about.
0: thank you for saying that we all grieve differently. Yeah. I didn't know which one would be mine and that well, was mine.
1: And you were learning it.
0: And I, Yeah there was no yeah. way to know
1: that would no. be
2: mine.
1: Yeah. I, th- I, I think what what um so again, I'm hearing this, I'm thinking about all the other couples who are mm-hmm. either experiencing or had experienced a mm-hmm. similar um, event mm-hmm. and they didn't recognize that that's what yeah. happened in the yeah. marriage. Right. Yeah. Um, so one may get frustrated and they, they may turn against each other mm-hmm. as opposed to realizing, wait a minute. This is different. What's causing yeah. this difference? And how do we manage this? Right? A lot of couples don't get to that.
0: Correct. Trauma occurred. Tra-
1: what was Trauma it about? Happened. What was it about you guys? Or what did you do? And I'm asking this for people listening mm-hmm. that rather than tearing you guys apart,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that and I know you say he's a good man, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not questioning that, but yeah, yeah. Can you? Speak to one or two things tangibly that you guys did differently, um, in the way you guys interacted or responded to each other,
0: sure. And um, I'll speak to that, and then I'll speak to um, a piece where he wasn't so good about it and how Mm. we overcame that, okay? Okay, so um, I think the first thing that helped me was. Honestly, being a clinician, I think that's what really did it, to be honest mm. with you. Like there was even in my grief, of course, I wasn't trying to analyze stuff. I didn't care. I was just uh-uh. sad and whatever. But something happened where I started feeling that hole. Well, that hole actually occurred when the undertakers came to get her body. That's when that hole occurred. The but finality here's what, of it the all. yeah, the finality. But here's what's interesting. Uh, I saw her body the next day, and I was okay. okay. but then when she, but then the burial finished me. I was just like, I mm. was so done after that. Um, and then I started feeling alone. so i'm I'm anxious about my husband not vanishing. And the reason why I didn't mention this, I'm anxious about him not vanishing is because, remember, I'm telling you i'm the I'm the only daughter right of my mom, mm. no dad she passes but she passes and i have a partner i have a covenant partner Mm -hmm. i have someone who i'm one with so if he passes or he vanishes who am i left with we don't have any children right so that's so that intensified the loneliness you feel me
1: Yeah. so in some ways in some ways you would have become your mom
0: exactly exactly so that so so there was a slight codependency on him for for emotional support Mm -hmm. so now so the first thing that helped me i think i would say being a clinician that i could not shake that alone feeling because as much as i was either his shadow or i had an idea of where he was i didn't care if he was upstairs i didn't care where he was as long as i knew he was in the house i was fine i never i was always afraid if he went outside if he went outside i needed to be there like outside meaning you know to travel somewhere Mm -hmm. I needed to be there. But if he's in the house, I felt safe. And I knew that wasn't healthy, the way I felt. I knew Mm. that wasn't healthy. So the first thing I did was I went to a therapist. Okay. And within two sessions, she helped me to understand why i felt so alone
1: you went solo you went solo
0: i went solo yes because i was able to understand everything else you know like you know grief the process and and you know the complex relationship of a mother and daughter i was able to break all that stuff down in my head and Mm -hmm. i also told myself be patient with yourself leave that psycho babble stuff alone cry when you need to (laughs) don't you dare you know act like you on a timeline i i self-talk i did everything But the alone feeling, I could not shake it. So I went to a therapist and she helped me to identify why I felt so alone. That Mm. was the, that was one of the breaking points for me. Just understanding the reason immediately calmed me down.
2: Immediately made it, it
0: it normalized it. Mm -hmm. It also made me understand where I was coming from. And so I was like, okay, this makes sense. So Therapy was the first thing that helped. Um, The second thing I would say that helped, and this is where, you know, for your listeners, if you have a partner in a similar situation, would be, I would say, his patience. I think, um, like, if I was, let me go to the gas station with you, he he wasn't strong-arming me. Like, no, what's wrong with you? Mm. It it was more like, all right, let's go, you know? Okay. You see what I mean? So he complied with a lot of the craziness.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: and so that did help because he okay. didn't make me feel. He didn't make me feel crazy. Silly. Yeah, yeah. He didn't make me feel crazy. And most importantly, and so to someone who's listening, just because your partner's not making you feel crazy doesn't mean you should abuse that. So that's mm. where that therapy came in because I needed to get back to baseline because I I couldn't do this to this man forever. You know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And yeah. So um but then here's where it got a little sticky and how we overcame that so my hypervigilance my anxiety for being alone and him always being around me that was cool what he didn't quite get was how how i how i released emotions and mm-hmm. i didn't understand it either so when you lose a loved one um it depends on how intense the relationship is You find yourself crying without even trying to cry. Mm, mm. I would cry in the middle of the night.
1: You'd wake up? In the middle. I would wake
0: (laughs) up and tears would be in my eyes and I was sleeping.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, I was sleeping and I wake up and I'll and most likely is because I had a dream about her or something and so in the dream I was crying so I wake up crying. Oh my. I would cry in my sleep. I would cry in my sleep. I would have periods of sadness, but the but my husband, he so the way he processes things is he needs you to explain things to him. So the lone thing I was able to explain it to him so that's why he was he was patient with me cuz mm-hmm. he's like okay I see what you're going through got it. But when I would just have these crying spells
2: mm.
0: when he would ask me what's going on I was mute. I had no words. I that's didn't a... even know how to understand it.
2: Mm, so I didn't know be... what
0: I didn't know. Yeah so that that didn't work for him.
1: That's so frustration then he, and... that's
0: frust- exactly. So he got um, frustrated cuz he couldn't understand he knew- it. So he can't help it.
1: Wow.
0: Where, like, in my mind, silently, this is good. I was...
1: This is good.
0: Silently, I was telling him, just be there. But verbally, I wasn't saying anything. Silently, I was just telling him, just hold me. Just be there. Okay. In my mind.
1: Right. I but, was going to say that...
0: <laughs> listen, listen. I'm not trying to make this make sense, okay? But that's what
1: happened. I, I hear you. Wow. <laughs> but
0: verbally, I wasn't saying anything. So he would be like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I would cry even more. <laughs> oh
1: I told, Listen, Aileen, I totally get that, right? Because I would cry even more. as a man and your husband, <laughs> he's trying to figure out how to help you, how to fix it.
0: Because that's what y'all do.
1: That's what we do.
0: That's what y'all do. Y'all fix stuff. So then, so how we overcame that,
1: wow. that happened
0: for a while. That happened for a while. And eventually, I found my words. Mm. And I think not during a crying spell, I think during a moment of sadness, we talked. And I said, I don't know, I don't know how to explain this, but this is what I need when it happens. And that helped.
2: Wow. Like,
0: because men want to fix things, and I needed to help him fix it. But here's what I will say, when he was trying to help get me to help him to fix it. I wasn't ready. I had no words. I did mm-hmm, not have the words. Mm-hmm. And so again, that patience come in. If someone is treating you that way, if you, if your listeners, if you have like, you know, your partner who's going through something similar that I have patience, please be patient because half the time, not even half, 90% of the time, they don't even understand their own emotion. Yeah, yeah. They don't understand the trauma. They're trying to work it out in their mind. Death makes sense physically. Death could even make sense psychologically. But death of a certain person does not make sense emotionally.
1: No, no, no. And it you know, just
0: does and it changes you. Oh, and totally. It changes you. Without your permission, it changes you.
1: Then nobody asks to be changed and nobody wants no parts <laughs> of that. You know, you yeah. said something I want to add to, um, you know, your husband couldn't understand it, but mm-hmm. here's the thing too and I've said this before on this podcast, men don't like confusion. Mm -hmm. Men want to know what's happening, um, especially if it's going to affect them.
0: Right, 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 right. Okay, I see what you're saying.
1: If they're being impacted by it, I need to understand this. Even if I can't Mm -hmm. do anything about it, Mm -hmm. confusion is something that men don't like to be in.
0: Right. And you know what? I think the reason why the the conversation finally came, because I got tired. Cause I remember saying this, I said, Listen, I can't handle my grief, my emotions, and be worried about you mad at me too. Wow. This is not gonna work. That's just wow. too much.
1: Wow. okay, okay.
0: You know what I mean? Like one at a time, one problem at a time for yeah, me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not enough and room for the both of us.
0: I don't have enough room for all these for, for all of these emotions. And so because I said that um, because I said that to myself and I said that to, I, to him, I said, okay, you need to figure this out. So while you're saying you need to have a conversation and, you know, say, okay, this is what's going on. Cause you know, this is what he needs mm. because I'm also, um, you know, I'm also empathetic, empathetic when my husband is hurt or something's wrong with him. So imagine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sad because maybe I'm having like a, 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 a sad period or crying spell mm-hmm. i'm missing my mom like crazy then he comes in so i'm playing it out for you so he comes in and asks me what's wrong and i'm like and i say nothing i just cry even more so now he's frustrated so now guess what i'm so now i'm sad and angry
1: and it's a mess it's a it's a mess and i gotta say too
0: many emotions yeah it's a lot
1: and life doesn't wait for you to handle your emotions before another thing comes along.
0: It doesn't, it doesn't. And I could not understand why he would get frustrated until yeah. again, during a moment of clarity, I was uh-huh. like, hold up, this is, he doesn't work that way. You have to explain this. But then I had to say to him, there are times I do not have the words right. and I need you to be okay with that. But just him hearing that, was all he needed. Mm You see what I mean?
1: That that makes sense.
0: That makes sense.
1: Wow. That makes
0: sense. So in summary, (laughs) in summary, (laughs) what worked was, I would say, um, patience on his side, patience with yourself too, therapy and communication.
1: Yeah, I got to tell you, we recent, Herdine and I, we recently had a situation where we were not seeing eye to eye on some, and I mean, I say recently. Any given week, any given day, we're like not seeing eye to eye. Mm -hmm. But this was kind of like increasing the temperature in the room a little bit. Mm -hmm. And finally, I was like, okay, I don't get this. Right? I want want Mm -hmm. this. You want that. This isn't making any kind of sense. And then finally, she laid it out for me. And in my head, I'm like, well, damn, why couldn't you have just said that from the beginning? And as you're saying this, I'm, I'm hearing my wife and I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is happening in a lot of relationships. Okay. And this thing called COVID is not helping. I'm sure it has exacerbated some of these same uh, episodes and dynamics in in people's lives and their marriages.
2: Yeah.
1: And so if, if, Listen for you guys listening right now. If um, you take nothing away, that communication piece, um, and just being okay, not having the answers, yes, that is okay. Just tell In them. Saying now. that, yeah, just saying <laughs> that,
0: and saying that, like, <laughs> like, man, when you tell, I mean, you, you got to be a devil not to, not to understand that, right? If somebody yeah. comes to you, someone who you know loves you and has your best interests at heart. My husband always say this, like before you write somebody off, consider the whole resume, right? Consider mm-hmm. who 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 they've been in your life and their habits. Like whatever they're doing, is this like them? You Does know, it maybe they it right. doesn't match, right? So if this and hopefully the person you married, if you know, if they're acting a little, you know, crazy, hopefully mm. it, it doesn't match. Um it's yeah. okay to say I like when I get the words, I will share them. But right now I don't have them. And yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. They your partner will understand
1: that. And we'll be your good. partner
0: better understand yeah. that.
1: And they they will because you know what it is? Anytime if we have advanced warning, and I know I'm I can say this for men, but I'm gonna say for most people, if we can kind of have some advanced warning. We're all right, but for things to come out of left field and just yeah. the middle of the night, you know yeah. that's unsettling
0: it is it is very unsettling and for so as a woman not being supported during the time of extreme discomfort mm-hmm. and vulnerability because yeah. I'm crying, and listen the if my husband could tell you the person I am you're not going to see me like this. Mm. You're not going to see me like this. But my mom brought out parts of me that I just stopped caring how people see me. Like, Lots I just let stuff. it out, oh, you know? You. And so I'm vulnerable. And the fact that I'm mute makes, I'm mad at myself for being mute. But the yeah. only way I can answer is through more tears. Yeah. And yeah. for you to get frustrated at that, that is is oh. such a yucky feeling. Yeah. what kind
1: of monster are you what don't you what get? kind of monster
0: yeah. are you exactly and so it works on both ends like mm-hmm. you're explaining how the guy feels feels and i'm like yeah that makes sense but the, the the on the other end as well it's frustrating because like i said before in my head i'm telling him just yeah. be there
1: wow in yeah, my so- head <laughs> A communication piece is big,
0: yeah, that helped that helped us so much. and i just i see it I see it also, I would say, um you know, just on the subject of how grief or trauma or loss or changes in your life affects your marriage, I see how her passing improved our communication mm-hmm. because I had to explain. Cause he's never been through this before. I'm wow. his first wife. I'm just, okay. you know what I mean? Like, he's never been through this before. It
1: forced a lot it, of growth.
0: It forced a lot of growth. So, as I'm growing and I'm communicating, he's communicating with me, his needs, and et cetera. And so, what happens is mm, it, awesome. it, it trickles to other areas of the relationship, too. Yeah. Yeah, that communication awesome. piece, you know, you just start talking about most Every, a lot of things.
1: Everything. Yeah. It's all connected. Everything. Yeah. It's, wow wow okay wow that's good that's so you
0: know what you're seven year itch about that five (laughs) to seven years so my mom passed when we were about to be five years Mm. so so mm. Maybe that that kind of helped,
1: just so it was a triggering event in triggering. some ways, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, who wow.
0: I, I wonder, yeah, who knows?
1: No, good for you guys, you guys made it through, you guys grew.
0: We're trying, listen, we're nowhere near we were talking earlier before the finish line, mm. but um, we're trying to enjoy the process to, to the best of our ability. That's that's all we really can do, good. um. Yeah, that's all we can do. We're definitely not a perfect couple. Who is? Um, yeah, but we mind. have learned some things along the way.
1: Good. Good for you guys. Good for you guys. Aileen, listen. Thank you. Thank you. No boy. problem.
0: No problem. This was fun. This wasn't this, so bad.
1: I told you. Listen, I don't know about you, but it was a treat for me just being able to have these kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. And, and for those of you who are listening, if you found any value in this we'd appreciate just kind of let us know um reach out leave a review leave a comment um share this with somebody that you know is going through it just drop it in their dm drop it in their text messages this episode here um because because you know someone is going through this um and after you do that make sure you uh come back for next week's episode and our weekend edition But um, yeah, definitely stay connected uh, because the plan is to have more conversations like this. So uh, thank you, Aileen. Thank you guys for uh, listening. And uh, I look forward to having you for another installment of Relationship Renegade. Bye now.